very good afternoon. It's Niall Boylan with you for the next hour or so. And the election is the name of the game today, of course. And the reason I'm talking about it is, interestingly enough, I spotted a clip from Aona Reardon from the Labour Party suggesting that immigration was not an issue on the doorstep for elections. He even said it's not even an issue for debate politically and suggested that anybody who even used the, free, the word freeloader, because some senators had, uh, they should be called out for that. Now, Fianna Gael, of course, have now backtracked with Leo accepting that people with concerns about Ireland's capacity to take in more refugees is limited and are not actually right-wing loonies after all. With over 75% of the population saying that Ireland has taken in too many refugees, according to a Red Sea poll, the government are motoring ahead and still doing it. So have they lost touch with the people? Michal Martin, on the other hand, and Fianna Fáil are so closely aligned with Fianna Gael, it's hard to actually spot the difference anymore. And again, many will say they are not connected to the people. Sinn Féin, of course, are in opposition. Or are they really in opposition? Because they, they don't really do much opposing, do they? Let's be clear about it. Opposing means you're supposed to disagree with the government on the grounds of principle, of course. I do apologise. Sorry for that making noise there. Anyway, and also Labour Party, well... Really, should we even mention the Labour Party? I mean, they're hemorrhaging votes probably for the last five or six years. Nobody really knows about them anymore. If they come out with silly promises like we're going to build a million houses, you might as well say 10 million because it's completely unrealistic. Even the 120,000 that Sinn Féin said are, is unrealistic. The Green Party are self-destructing and only in government by accident with a tiny percentage of the national vote. And their answer to everything is stick, a, is stick and carrot rather than carrot and stick approach and tax your way out of everything in the belief that it will change climate. Other parties, of course, like AIN2, the Irish Freedom Party, have gained some ground. As for people before profit and the Social Democrats, it's hard to know really what they want. They've taken her socialism to a whole new level, really. But I want to know what the issues in the election next year. You've got local elections in June next year. General election is not supposed to take place probably till February 2025. But many experts or political experts have said that it could come before that. It could come as soon as September next year. Or... You never know. It could be even before that if the government collapses. But anyway, so what are the issues in the election for you? Is it health? Is it housing? Immigration? Education? Childcare? Cost of living? Or is it something else? Please let us know. We would love to hear your views because your views are what the show is all about. Don't forget you can text a WhatsApp right now if you want to. And the number, as usual, on the screen there, 85 55 That's 85 55 if you want to text app or WhatsApp us at any stage. Now, reading from the Irish Examiner on Friday... And by the way, I want to get you involved in the show right from the start to finish. I want to know what your issues are, what you're going to say to politicians at the doorstep. Well, new politicians, of course, according to the Irish Examiner on Friday, a statement today that the Register of Political Parties had today given notice of its intention to approve an application by the Independent Ireland Party to become a registered political party eligible to stand candidates in Ireland's dull local and European elections. The decision made by the Chief Executive of the Electoral Commission, Mr Art O'Leary, as Ireland's Register of Political Parties, will become effective after a 21-day appeal period or the outcome of any such appeal. Uh, if the Register registered as Ireland's 20, they will be Ireland's 27 political party. Independent Ireland will have two elected Dáil deputies among its membership, Michael Collins TD, party leader, and Richard O'Donoghue, general secretary. And Michael Collins joins me on the line. Michael, good afternoon to you. How are you? Good afternoon, Niall. Congratulations, firstly. And I suppose the real question is, why? Um, you're already an elected representative. You're already a TD, making a reasonably good salary plus expenses. So why put yourself to more trouble? Were you that frustrated with the political system? 
Well, I have been, and, and, and both Richard O'Donnell and myself uh, have been for the last uh, number of years, as well as other uh, politicians, both uh, many of them independent uh, TDs, councillors, and, and maybe potential candidates, but also people from other political parties are very frustrated with the way their parties are acting and the way their parties are working at the moment. And that led, you know, like, it's either put up or shut up, is my attitude in, 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 in politics all of my life. I could easily stay in West Cork and look after the people of West Cork who I love and, and do, uh, mind to the best of my ability, and the same Richard O'Donnell with Limerick, but we want to put our neck in the line. We want to give people an opportunity with a new political party. Uh, we've spent some time discussing this. We've travelled the country maybe a year, year and a half, uh, talking to people, looking at uh, areas of concern, looking at can- potential candidates. So we did register a party uh, last week, Independent Ireland uh, Party. Mm. Uh, we'll be 21 days before hopefully we'll get the clearance to uh, be uh, called a political party. But um, uh, at least um, we're giving an opportunity to uh, like-minded uh, political and and ordinary individuals who want to support us, but like-minded po- politicians out there to join this Independent Ireland Party. And we hope they'll do that over the, in the next number of weeks. I mean, you have an interest, obviously, in agriculture as well, because I only met you there recently, by the way, at uh, uh, down at the Lyrath Hotel when you were there talking in relation to agriculture and how agriculture moving forward is going to change. So why would you not have joined the Farmers Alliance, I suppose? People would be wondering that maybe if you're closely aligned with uh, rural Ireland, that that would have been the ideal party to get involved. Was that not an option for you? It, it, it would have been an option for, for for us, but I felt that that was very much or, rural, uh, farmers oriented. And just not wrong, because I'm a farmer farmer myself. Came from come from a farming background, but there's issues of of concern in both urban and rural Ireland, and they're replicated very much so. Quite a lot of them, like housing, we have a massive housing crisis, a healthcare crisis in the country, um, where the health care in this country is almost collapsed. But the bottom line is, the, the and these issues uh, are of concern now to, to people both in urban and rural. And I feel that a farmers' party, and they're well entitled to form their own party, and the best to look to them will deal with farming issues. But we want to broaden the horizon. Okay. We want to look the issues with housing, but there's also uh, issues like uh, fishing, as I said, and farming that do need to have a heavier concentration and going forward because we have absolutely neglected uh, our fishing industry, we've neglected our farming industry. These are both literally on their knees and, and are being hit uh, on a daily basis by a government who don't care and by an opposition who don't seem to worry about that. Well, uh, well this is the point I was making in my intro. I mean, the political parties now, as I've said on numerous occasions, are all kind of cheeks of the same bottom, so to speak. I mean, they're all singing from the same hymn sheet. We've an opposition party, possibly the worst opposition party in history, because they don't seem to oppose anything apart from give their own um, uh, suggestions every now and again. I mean, yesterday, of course, they talked in their Ardesh about giving a three-year rent cap or having a three-year rent cap. They've talked about an eviction ban. These things, which experts in property have said will not work, all they'll do is push for or push private landlords out of the business. But here's the problem. I mean, when, when you drop onto the doorstep, Michael, and you're looking for people's vote, these are the issues people are going to be talking about. But you have Ayanna Reardon from the Labour Party now suggesting that immigration is not a political issue. Do you think it's a political issue? Well, I, I, personally, I think Ayanna Reardon must be in, in his bed and hasn't left his bed if he thinks that that's uh, not an issue at the doorstep. It's an issue everywhere I go. 
throughout West Cork, throughout Ireland, Dublin, everywhere I go, people are mentioning and talking to me about immigration and they have serious concerns and these concerns have been met. And political parties that are there at this present time haven't looked at this issue. And a recent poll, a Red Sea poll, which would be a very credible poll, has said 70% of the Irish people feel that we have done our part and that we can no longer take or cope with the demand or the, the amount of people coming to this country. And we, and as I said, we were happy to do our part at the beginning, but not to the uh, point that we're gone to today. And if you know, we're done, it's not an issue at the door. I'm astonished. I'm absolutely astonished because it's an issue. Every hour of the day, there's people either ringing me, they, I'm meeting people, and they're all speaking about the same thing. And they don't want to be dubbed as being uh, as being uh, racist or anything. They want a common sense approach to all these issues, and that common sense approach hasn't been applied now up to now. And but I mean, that, but does that not have a knock-on effect? When we talk about immigration, it has a knock-on effect on everything else. It has a knock-on effect on education, on healthcare, um, it has a knock-on effect on accommodation and housing, because obviously these people have to have somewhere to live. So it has a knock-on effect on every other crisis, except for the cost of living crisis, and I'll come to that in a minute. So it does have a knock-on effect on everything else, but these are all the questions you're going to be asked at the doorstep, and how do we solve these problems? Do you turn around, and as Leo Varadkar recently admitted, and Michal Martin have now admitted that we're at capacity, which is exactly what people have been saying for the last six months, but they just use a different term called Ireland is full. It's more or less the same term, just worded nicely. Um, and... You know, what are we going to do about that situation? When you have people, according to Michal Martin and according to Leo Varadkar, there are individuals who are gaming the system. In other words, they've come from other countries to Ireland. In other words, they're not actually coming from whatever the source or the origin country they're meant to be coming from. So what do we do with those situations? Well, first and foremost, Leo Varadkar and, and, and Michal Martin are totally out of order by saying we're at capacity now. We were at capacity seven, eight months ago, and that was the time to act. Now it's the time we're in a serious crisis now where people are looking at sleeping at tents and, and, and we don't have the accommodation available for them. And now we're looking at bringing homeless people out of a home, uh, houses like we were last week in Tipperary. And Deputy Matty McGrath tackled that issue uh, uh, brilliantly for the people mm -hmm. of, of that area. And dehousing de de them and housing others, uh, we simply are over capacity, over capacity for quite a long time. And, and, and I think the biggest mistake we made is when we opened our gates in this country, we opened our gates in non-documented. And that has a massive concern throughout our country that we have non-documented in our country. Yes, some people can be very genuine, but certainly some people were not genuine. And they didn't need to be uh, housed in Ireland or brought into Ireland because they had adequate uh, home and care for themselves in their own country. But unfortunately, we left our doors and gates opened without any controls whatsoever. And it's now coming to roost. And it's, I don't know where it's going to end because they're still uh, bringing they're people still to the country. But this but, is what blows but, my uh, mind. They've admitted two weeks ago that we're at capacity, or as Leo Varadkar worded it, we have a capacity and we've now reached that capacity, but yet they're still doing it. And we've also now got a Minister for Justice who, according to Grip Media, when they spoke to her, has no idea how many people are being deported. Uh, people are deported voluntarily. 4,600 and something deportation orders were handed out and people are just asked, would you like to leave? There you go, there's a deportation order. And they're not escorted to a plane or brought anywhere. It's, it's quite unique in the way we're doing this. It is, and, and and again, I go back to the Red Sea poll. Seventy percent said we we have too many uh, people in our country coming in from abroad, and uh, many of them don't need the, the help that they're, they're getting. But unfortunately, have come in under a system of of an open door system, an open gate system. We have too many. No, that is a major crisis that's going to continue in this country until somebody says stop. And this is where the new political party. We can't be in a situation where Finnegan, Pina Fáil, Labour, Social Democrats, and Sinn Féin think this is all good policy. It's a great idea. It's not. 
It isn't. Mm-hmm. And, and we should have controlled our borders uh, carefully, like other countries, not different to other countries. And all these 70, 70% of these people who are, uh, carry, who are when this poll is carried out, they're not 70% of Ireland is not racist. Ireland is a great country, has ever been a great country. And I played a pattern that, uh, as a young person myself, when we we helped the people of Ethiopia and other countries where we gave millions and millions of euros out of our pockets in churches on Sundays and different days to help people abroad. But in this situation, we flooded our country. And our country is completely overstretched. It's stretched to the limit. And they're looking at community centres. They're looking at uh, closed-down nursing homes. They're looking at hotels. They're just desperate attempts to get somebody in under the roof. And once they're in under the roof, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's a tent or it's a slate or if it's a shade, it's closed. Or we the job done. That's no way to treat people. Bring in, uh, we should have made sure that we allowed an amount of people that we could manage and, and, and live comfortably in our country and respect those that came in. That they definitely wanted and needed uh, to, to, to be brought into another country rather and brought into Ireland rather than just opening the door and 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 and, and letting everybody in, anybody in and not have any control. Okay, the the other main issues would be, of course, healthcare. As you rightly pointed out, the HSE is a mess at the moment. I mean, is it even fixable, or do we need to start again? I think we do, unfortunately, need to start again because it's gone so far at this stage. I think there's over a million people on waiting list. I continuously bus people to Belfast myself. Uh, two buses came back this went up this weekend, came back this weekend uh, with people that are gone blind with cataract operations. that were waiting five years on a waiting list in in Cork and in Kerry. Um, I, I, and throughout the country, we have people going up next week week to Belfast. And this is an unfortunate situation. How, how do we how do we get it? Sorry for interrupting, but how do we get it so badly wrong? When you look at Northern Ireland and the NHS, okay, it's not perfect, and um, there are waiting times there too, but nothing to the extent that we have in the south. And yes, you know they they've got a reasonably small system for a population of one point seven or whatever it is million people. So we five million people. We have a good healthcare system. When I say good, you know we have we have the facilities. We have the doctors and nurses. We could do it a few more of them. But how are we getting it so badly wrong? Is it from the top? Is it administration? How are we getting it so badly wrong? It, it, it is from the top. Like we have layers and layers and layers of management and. You're a budget of a one billion overspend. It's just an astonishing situation where there's no leadership whatsoever, no leadership, no sense of, 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 of like the patient or the person that's suffering the most needs to be seen after. We need to look at our hospitals. First of all, now we need to open our hospitals 24 7. That's the first thing we need to do. Secondly, we need to look at our private hospitals. Can they play a role here, seeing as we can take patients from the Republic to the North for reimbursement operations to private hospitals? Surely we can do the same in the South. And pay them here. So maybe the cataract operation should be done in, in Cork or should be done in Kerry or wherever throughout the country and not to have the people travel to another country and get reimbursed from the Irish government uh, from the HSE. It's farcical the way things are going at the moment and there seems to be no vision only pump money into it seems to be like a, pump it into a hole and hope, that, hope for the best but people are suffering and one million people as I said to you are suffering in the need of some mm-hmm. sort of an operation one or another and that's a scandal situation and it's, there's no accountability the last time I called the vote of no confidence Simon Harris which collapsed the last government because it was heading to the situation we're in right now we, we see what happened with the Children's Hospital there was no control over the spin on the Children's Hospital we uh, me as a member of the rural independent group and my colleagues uh, we called a, a motion at the v- a very early stage of 2016 not to build that hospital because to run over budget, to never land a helicopter, and to be a, uh, a parking. It should have like, never and, been built and, and, and where they're run. building it. Why would you build I mean, a large hospital it, in the middle of a city with no parking and no access? It's a stupid place to build a hospital. That's exactly what was part of our motion. Fianna Falls, Fianna Gael, and Sinn Féin supported where it is. 
and know it's rent over budget, they won't park cars there, and they won't be able to get in the helicopter to lend <laughs> Exactly everything we said was true. But so why are the same political parties backing up each other, even though some want to say they're in opposition? So that's, you know, mm. it's probably okay. the frustration of all this sort of uh, nod and wing type politics that needs to change is the reason that both Richard O'Donnell and myself uh, have decided to put forward a new party. And hopefully we will be able to make some change. And, and, now, and, and by the way, I'd like to see a make change, Richard, but there's two final things just before you go, which is housing and the cost of living, right? Housing, we all know the difficulty is getting people to actually build their houses. It's no, I mean, money is never the issue. Land is never the issue. There's any amount of it in the country, for God's sake. And we could easily bring in planning permission laws or emergency planning permission laws to get, you know, houses built. It's getting people to build them. So how do we solve that problem? We've got Sinn Féin saying that, you know, they can build 120,000 houses. The government's saying 80,000. And then you've got the Labour Party coming up with some fantasy figure of a million houses, which is never going to happen. You might as well say 10. You might as well say 10 million. Um, but how do you build 100,000 houses in a short space of time? How? Where do we get the people to build them? That's the problem, isn't it? Well, first and foremost, like this housing crisis has been looming for uh, so so many years, and it has been, you know, uh, getting a situation is getting from bad to worse. Uh, small, simple things help. You know, we need to look at the council housing turnaround. There are people waiting for houses that are lying idle in council stocks all over the country. We need to look at houses that people vacate in council houses. Then an engineer should be able to clear within two weeks, three weeks, and get people back into a house again, rather than ripping them asunder and re- rewiring them and re-flooring them. That might not be needed. There's a lot of areas that improvements need to be made. You, especially in rural areas, people cannot get planning permission. Young people crying out to get planning permission are giving up, and they're all going on the social housing list. The property, unfortunately, the property ladder that they can't get on. They can't get a loan from banks. There's new, there's so much schemes that the government set up. And these people come back to me week in, week out of my own constituency and say, we can't qualify, we can't qualify. So there's some fantastic announcements. And the same goes for every, every walk of life, you know, recent announcements in farming as well. And then farmers come back to me and say, you can't qualify because the criteria is just impossible to reach. And the same with housing. And I'm afraid that we've lost complete control of housing. We have so many children that are homeless in this country, never mind think adults, and people that are very stressed and very worried that they're spending 18, 12 years in, on a housing list and can't come off it. So we certainly need to look, we need to look at the small uh, small turnarounds in relation to council housing. That's a huge issue that could, uh, you know, free up a number of houses in a far quicker way than they've already done so. And, all, and in relation to the, the cost of living, the cost of living has been driven uh, by by government. That's, that's so. It's, it's driven by maybe green party policies that are starved and hungered for to tax people, tax, tax, tax people, carbon tax. I, I heard yesterday that a fill of uh, home heat oil is seventy two cents a liter, seventy two pence a liter mm-hmm. in the UK. It's one twenty three. You, uh, one euro and 23 cents in, in, in the Republic. Good God almighty, people can't afford the way they're going on. And all of it is a taxi, uh, uh, sorry, uh, uh, just a greedy grab by the Green Party and Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil by their carbon tax, putting on a penalty on the ordinary good people of the country so they can pay for their little pet projects around the country. It's not in any way, shape or form to help the nation or yes, help sir. the people that live in it. And are you looking forward to, by the way, obviously you've got the local elections in June, um, the general election probably not till 2025, well, February 2025 realistically, but it could be called before then, it could be by the end of next year. Um, are you all set? Do you think you'll have candidates ready to roll? Yes, we certainly will have candidates for the local election. We've all, well, prior to this, we've been speaking to quite a lot of people, some existing councils, more wannabe councillors, also European candidates, because now one of the biggest problems we have in this country is that we've been saying yes 
to Europe all along. I'm a big uh, supporter of Europe, but we need to challenge Europe going forward. We need to challenge Europe in the areas of fishing, which has collapsed, completely collapsed in this country, and in the areas of farming. Uh, and Europe needs needs to deliver for Ireland. And no longer we can we can't be the yes boys of Irish politics in Europe, which we have been, and we've been lying down. We need to challenge Europe uh, much stronger going forward in different areas. So we will have candidates in the local elections. We will have uh, European candidates and and Dáil election, which I could see being uh, uh, sometime next year as well. Uh, well, look, congratulations, and I wish you well on the 26th political party here in Ireland. Um, and you'll know, obviously, very soon, obviously, when the appeals process ends, that if your political party gets to go ahead, which I'm sure it will. And good luck in the elections, and good luck to all your candidates if you manage to round them all up. I think you're saying all the right things, Michael. Hopefully, you'll keep all those promises and you'll stay the same, because unfortunately, what happens in politics a lot of the time is when people become bigger, um, they fall into line, unfortunately. Uh, that seems to happen, and I hope it doesn't happen to you, but I don't think it will, Michael, because I think you're of your word. And we look forward to working with the people of this country to change things for the people, you know, and make their lives that little bit more easier as, to, as, as, as the year is going on, because it's a tough time for people at this present time. And, you know, um, we, we, we're set to deliver, but Richard and myself are set to deliver. And we've, as I said, we've launched this party. Let's hope uh, it becomes a party uh, to change the scene of Irish politics going forward. Thank you very much indeed. There you go, Michael Collins, TD, Independent Ireland, a brand new political party. If you want to give them your vote in the next election, and they should be around and they should have candidates, well, they hope to have candidates in your area and in every area. But getting back to the question today, um, Aon O'Reardon only recently said on VMTV that immigration was not an election issue. You heard, obviously, um, that it is, according to Independent Ireland, it is an immigration or immigration is an election issue. So I want to know, do you believe it's an election issue or is there other issues that you want to talk to politicians about. Now, I mentioned all the other ones too, and we did a little poll on Twitter earlier on. Immigration came out on top, by the way. No surprise there. Health, housing, immigration, education, childcare, cost of living, or maybe there's something else that you believe is important that's not being talked about. Somebody asked me, by the way, why I didn't put climate change on my list today on Twitter. The reason I didn't put climate change on the list is because I don't believe the majority of people of Ireland actually are going to bring it up as an election issue because I don't believe the majority of people of Ireland believe that if you pay more tax, the weather is going to change. Anyway, let me go to Jason. Jason, hi, how are you? Good afternoon, lads. Uh, Jason, well, yeah, I, don't, I, I don't believe we pay more tax. The weather's going to change, but however, of course it will, Niall. Of <laughs> course it will. The man in the the, the the crazy lady in the sky, Queen Greta, our Lord Queen and Lady Saviour. The school. Oh, yeah, remember she said the Swedish school skipper. Yeah, yeah, that, that one that took a year off school and got rewarded for it. I, you know what? I still, when I look back, you know, at, in five years ago when she was whatever sixteen years of age. I have no understanding how the world, and I mean the world, well, not me, obviously, but some people did. The world looked at the at a 16-year-old for, for advice, but hey, whatever. Don't get me wrong. So there's some clever 16-year-olds out there, but not that clever. She was clearly used. Anyway, Jason, uh, yes, moving back to the elections. Uh, you know, according to Eona Reardon and the Labour Party, um, you know, immigration is not going to be an election issue and it's not Where something that's he? been politically debated. Well, where, where's he getting his information from? Well, I'd like to belief. know the doors he's knocking on. Well, I'd, I'd like an independent person to walk around with him when he's talking to people and just independently say, oh, yeah, not one person mentioned immigration to him. Because, no, you can't go into a shop, a pub, walk down the street without somebody having an opinion on it. So where do these people get these ideas? See, these are narcissistic people, these politicians. I've always said about them. I believe and I think this is what's best for you. 
That's what you heard out of. Okay, it's so, so I'm a politician and I'm knocking on your door. It doesn't matter what party I'm from. And I'm knocking on your door, Jason. You come out to the door and I have me leaflets in my hand. What's the first thing you're going to say to me? Number one is, what are we doing about our country? Mm-hmm. What are we doing about what we've done to our country? I'm sorry to say it, but I listened to that Polish fella there do the night um, on a clip. And your woman says, some, do you feel, like, how do you feel about not letting one? And he says, no, I'm doing what my people asked. And he says, not one Muslim will step foot in this country. He says, we've taken two million Ukrainians, he said. So we're not racist. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way he put it, and I just found myself, a year ago I would have said, oh, no, that's not, that's not right. But when I looked into it, I actually see what is going on across Europe. And unfortunately, I've always been one to put down social media. But I think it is the only way that a lot of us are getting the real truth now. Because the phone doesn't lie. When you see what read is really going on, like, look what's happening in Sweden at the moment, Niall. There's a lot that you're not hearing about. There's a lot of gang-related, and it's immigration-related, and they're talking, throwing, they're throwing hand grenades at each other, for God's sake, and random shootings. But yet, the mainstream media will, will not let you put this out. So that's mm. another one I'm going to ask him. Who decides what I get to watch? Yeah. Because these new bills that they want to put in, they want to tell us now what we want to watch, and they're going to fat-check everything I put up. Do you accept the government have now admitted, well, Leo Varadkar has admitted, that Ireland is at capacity? Um, now, I don't see them doing anything about it, by the way, because there's still people coming in, even though well, allegedly we're at capacity. That man. I'll respect that man if he stands up on the election pulpit and says that. But she wants to I'll respect him. Exactly, he won't, because he's not allowed. She's saying they're going to get in there. But, no, but, no, but hang on, no, even, even if allowed. he does, even if he does stand there on the debate on RTE on the night of the election and says, yes, immigration is a key problem for a lot of our constituents and 76% of people in a Red Sea poll said Ireland is full or there's too many refugees in the country and, and there's too much immigration. What is he going but, to but do here, about it? But he going to do about it? But he can say all he wants. The point is, know, you, but you, you have to look at the history. You have to say, yeah, what have you done about it? Not what are you going to do? Noel, you keep banging on there as well about the uh, the English health system, yeah? No, no, I'm not. I'm not banging on about it. I said it's not perfect. No, but you know what I mean. You keep comparing us. They they are in a bad bad way. Absolutely. Life. They're actually in a they're actually in a worse way a worse no, state than we are. No, I wouldn't say uh, they're in a worse. Jason, I'm here. Over seven I'm here. I, I I'm in here. England all the time. I, I'm in England all the time. I listen to Eng- I listen to to the likes of you uh, on English. Um, talk radio say and what are coming out with is a good I listen to Stephen Nolan quite a lot when I'm up when I'm up around the north mm-hmm. and by the way that's another conversation yeah it is. Um, the bigotry that's still going on up there is on well, it's, well I, I gotta I gotta be honest from living up here it is the minority of people are involved in that type of conversation it is oh yeah, yeah. and I know the ones they were only on again this I'm, morning and one fella said he didn't care if there was no health system in, in Northern Ireland as long as his union was protected that's oh, all he cared stop. about and I was thinking oh my god is this what we're at well yeah. look I gotta be honest the health system up here is not perfect but it's a lot better than HSE well, that that that's that's debatable. Um, but that that's what I'm talking about. There's nothing but division in this country, and a real person is afraid to stand up and take a bite of reins and say these are the problems. The way I'm hoping Mr. Collins there is going to be the one because I'm down the country now and we have rural independent TDs down there, and I'm giving them my vote. I would not vote for a mainstream party ever again. Now these ain't mainstream yet; they're only up and coming, so it will be interesting. But it's like everybody else. You had a fella there that used to ring you all the time, a t- politician, became a big shot. Remember, he jumped guns and sold all his all his political beliefs for a cabinet seat. What was his name? The for, uh, Stephen, Oh, Stephen Donnelly. Yeah, um, I, I remember. I remember. I used to always say that on the radio when when he wasn't minister for health, I couldn't get him off the air, and when he became minister for health, I couldn't get him on the air. Now, there you go. And that's what's wrong with these people, Niall. They think once they get that 
seal of office or they get inside that gate that the normal people outside don't matter. He doesn't care anymore because once he gets his ministerial, he has his pension for life. Then he knows he has a quick way into Europe, these new European elections. I'm voting for a party that's going to stand up to Europe and possibly think about taking us out unless they get their act together. Okay, well, well, listen, Jason, I have to go to Maureen in a second, but I want to go to Jeff first if I can. Jeff, hi. Jeff Gallagher, TD, also Independent Ireland Party. Jeff, hi. How are you? Noel, how are you? How's things? Nice Um, nice to talk to you, Jeff. Yeah, you too. Just want to thank you for the last few years, Noel, looking after your country and you're our voice in a way. um, I appreciate it. I've been listening to Michael there and and, don't get me wrong, full of promises, uh, you know, and beliefs. And I believe him for the moment, but I'll wait and see. It's always a wait and see, isn't it? You know, Noel, Noel, I've met the man. He's a, so I've met him a few times, a man of his word, and there you go. So he's going to try. I'll tell you what what I'm thinking of doing, what we are doing. Um, over the last year or two, I just didn't like the decisions that were being made um, by our government. So I was just doing it. I was asking a few people, local people in Ballymore and Fingers, I said, look, I'd like to run um, maybe for a council seat first. And a lot of them said, Jeff, we'll back you. And it was very positive, so I said, right, let's do it. So in the summer, we, we went around. Um, my, my team, great people, helped me. We, we knocked on doors, Niall, because I love the cold calling. When it, I'm a businessman, so when it comes to um, meeting the people and speaking to the people, I like to hear, hear what they have to say. And what we did, Niall, was something very simple. Over the month of July and August, we called into Ballymon houses and we called into the Fingless houses. And we just took data and information and we just asked the local people, what are your concerns? Mm. And they gave it to us and they told us their concerns. So what I did then, we took it back and we literally went through it all and the same stuff was popping up. Lots of, of the same stuff was popping up in different houses. So I said, yeah, I'm going to run. So please God now, as an independent, because I don't believe in, in the parties that are in there, I don't believe there's an opposition. I don't believe that the the party have the parties have the, the Irish people's interest at heart. So I'm going to try, and if I fail, I fail. But I'm going to give it my best between now and next year to try and get in. And uh, and where where get the vote my people? Where are you going to be running? Where are you going to be running, Jeff? Ballymore and Finglas. Okay, and, and I'm assuming I'm assuming door to door the issues that arose with the same issues over and over again: health, housing, immigration, childcare, cost of living, yeah. the usual issues. Yeah, have it in one. The most one was housing. And in fairness to the people who, to me, are the heart and soul of Dublin. Like I'm from Kulak originally, uh, brought up in Bono. These people are, are some of the cleverest and they just feel they don't have a voice. What they said to me, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it brief. Was, the number one was housing. And the, these people have, like, the amount of people sharing two-bed homes with the, with the grandparents... Then the children and the grandchildren are sharing a two-bed house, three generations. They're on the housing list for over 10 years. I, I, my, like, I was nearly dropping my pen taking these details going, this can't be. And they follow. I didn't realise that you could follow every week where you were on the housing list. Mm-hmm. And people were telling me they were going from 80, 90, up to 900. And I was like, this is not right. So that was one, the housing. Health, yeah, of course, the health system. Like... I'm all for if we want to grow our nation, but we need to grow the hospitals, the schools, the colleges, the infrastructure. We need jobs. Like, we cannot just grow as a nation if we don't have simple things in place now. And th- yeah, you're right. No, the simple we, things we, we, need, we need a healthy population, you know, for a good economy. Yeah. So that's important. Yeah. And uh, immigration, yeah, exactly. I'm assuming, came up with a doorstep. 
Listen, it did, but kind of tongue in cheek. They, 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 like people are not what they're being told. They're, they're not racist. They're not far right. All this nonsense. They just were were asking, how come certain people are getting bedrooms ahead of our children mm. and housing ahead of our children? Now, I, as I said to myself, I can't answer that question, but I will answer it hopefully in a year's time when I get in. Please, God, get into the belly of the beast and find out exactly. Because I deal with councils. In my business, I deal with councils. So I know, and, and these are good people, but the bureaucracy and the, the red tape, scandalous. And it, we just need transparency. It's, it needs to change. And, and But the problem is, you're talking about change. And I wish you well, by the way, with the independent, our Independent Ireland Party. And I wish Michael yeah. well and Richard and everybody else involved in the party. But, you know, yeah. realistically, it's not going to be this election, is it? I mean, hopefully, well, you, hopefully you get a couple of candidates in and that'll be fine. But what I'm saying, realistically, most likely we are looking at possibly Fine Gael, Sinn Féin government or possibly a Sinn Féin government. I'm going to call that's, it for you now. I'm going I'm to call it for you now, Niall. It's going to be Sinn Féin because they're going to flood with more candidates. They learned from the last time they didn't have enough candidates out. In the but people are doing that for change. It. It's not going to be a change. If anything, I think yeah. it's going to be worse. Well, listen to this, and I'm going to tell you what I heard, and this is what has given me the impetus to go forward as well. When I said to the people, I'm independent, I'm not with any party, they, a few of them would say, well, I'm Sinn Féin. I said, well, that's fair enough. Like, I'm not going to badmouth another party. I don't badmouth a supplier in my industry. So, But you know what they said? They said, why would we give you your vote on your own? And then I came back at them and I said, I tell you what, I'm independent. But believe it, what's coming down the line are some great independent TDs and councillors that are creating a group, a party, an alliance, and they're going to stand together. They're going to try and take on this government. And the people were like, well, what do you mean? Independence getting together? And they were blown away by it. And they said, right, you got my vote. Now, whether the torn, you know yourself, they, they'll mm. talk the talk sometimes. But when I said that there was going to be an alliance, that there was going to be a group of good people, men and women, independents, going to take on the doll, they then kind of went, oh, well, strength in numbers. And they, they listened to me then, and they, they were more interested, and it was a good way of... of uh, yeah, and I did say to Michael, just very quickly, before I go to Maureen, Jeff, you know, and, and it's not a Spider-Man quotation, but with great power comes great responsibility. It was actually Churchill who said it originally. I think Napoleon said it before that as well. But people always attribute it to Spider-Man for some reason. Uh, but, I mean, when I've seen politicians like yourself or people who want to be politicians like yourself uh, come along and talk to me, and I've been doing this now for 30 years, they have all the promises, they have the best intentions, and then as soon as they get involved, they move over, shift over to a political party where they think they can do better. Yeah, yeah. into Fianna Fáil or Fianna Gael or Sinn Féin or whatever it happens to be and all of a sudden they just toe the line like everybody else because it becomes totally, a career. Totally, and listen, yes. Now, the stigma attached to politicians are it can't be trusted and I get, I understand that but hold on. Oh, where I'm going to go with this is now and I'm going to say this on your show. Please God in the future if I get in there and, and a few of us do and if we do not stand by our morals and stand by what we said we're going to do for the people, we'll step down. You've got me on your show now. I'm not into making false promises. All I can say is I'm going to try. And I will try for better. My wife and, and, and the people in my life won't let me um, uh, switch or flip-flop. It's just not going to happen. Especially with I have a team of people around me, Niall, that, that Leo will be proud of. These people are really intelligent, good people of the areas. And they won't let me flip flop. So 
So that's I'm okay. giving you. I'm saying it now from the heart. I, I'm going to try, and I'll, I'll give it me best. All right. Well, listen, Jeff. Thank you very much. And I wish you well, Jeff Gallagher, and he's uh, with Independent. He's a member of Independent Ireland, the Independent Ireland Party, uh, representing Ballymun. And can I say one thing? Yeah. Before I go, um, yeah. on Friday in Ballymun, twelve noon, we 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 have a meeting, a gathering of local businessmen and local concerned um, Ballymun citizens just for the closures of shops. And it's just a discussion we're having on how we can br- attract more business to the Ballymun area. If people can come down 12 now and Ballymun, the Civic Centre. And, and what day is that, Friday? That's this Friday. Friday. Yeah, the 17th, okay. this Friday. So okay. we hope to get a few people down to air their, their views and, and we'll, all, we'll all have a good conversation about it. All right, listen, thank you very much indeed, Jeff. Let me go to Maureen. Maureen, hi. How are you, Maureen? Hi, Niall. How are you? How are you today, Maureen Citizen? I'm just going to call you Maureen Citizen, because that's what you are. And Maureen Citizen, when those politicians like Jeff and like Michael and like other politicians and Leo and, well, Michal will be in your area, Michal Martin, of course. Um, when they knock on your door, what's the first thing you're going to say to them? Oh, well, I never, I never see Michal anyway. He doesn't come this far. Michal doesn't come near you, no? No, God, no, he doesn't come to Candy Kilty at all, no, no. No, 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 okay. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, no, he wouldn't touch his shoes. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't grace you with his presence, no. <laughs> oh, God, that's at all. No, Not okay. that I would want him to, to be honest with you. Right, okay. So, oh, what, what, well, what will you say to your local candidate when they knock on your door, if they ever do knock on your door? I wouldn't know where to start. To be honest with well, you. give me the first one. I've given you a choice. Health, housing, immigration, education, childcare, cost of living. Which one is more well, important I'd to you? Well, I'd be starting with immigration first. Would you? Okay. I would. For the simple reason that we have too many in this country. Right? Mm-hmm. And um, I had been reading up on the United Nations Conventions of the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide. And in it states quite clearly that mass immigration is white genocide and that governments who encourage mass immigration into white nations are in severe breach of the United Nations Convention of the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide 1948. That'd be one thing that'd be said to him. No. And I'm going to tell him we want our borders closed. No more. And mass deportations. So when you say mass deportations, okay, so there's 130,000 people roughly have come into the country over the last year. Who are you going to let stay and who are you going to kick out? The people who are in here illegally that are being bussed in here, flown in here, coming by dinghies. I don't know how the hell they're coming in here, Nile, With no documents, nothing. They're all gone. And what about the 80-whatever-thousand Ukrainian people who have come to Ireland? The Ukrainians can go home as well. They can be going home shortly because, yes, because it seems Zelensky... Uh, is forgotten about at the moment with all that's going on in the Middle East. His own generals have called him deluded. So I'd say they, they'll be going home shortly because that's going to, that's almost at an end anyway. Well, any time I look at him, he's looking for money. Come here, people that have come here with a visa, working visa, who have applied for a visa to work in this country, who will say a six-month visa or something, that's fine. They are here legally, but the ones who are coming here with no documents, nothing, we don't know who they are, who the hell they, where they came from, what kind of a criminal they are, they should be all gone. And what about people who genuinely come here as asylum seekers, who may be coming from places where there really is a war, from Syria or, well, from no, Gaza or whatever? We can count a genuine asylum seekers on one, on five fingers of one hand in this country. It's as simple as that. Then we must turn and look to our own people. 
who are being denied health treatment, who can't get houses, who are on the streets or in hotels with children, have no way of getting out of the poverty. They come next. We have to clean our own house. You have to clean your own house before you start cleaning somebody else's house. That's always been the rule. Okay, well, stay there for a second. Stay with me, Maureen. Let me go to Gavin as well. And gosh, everybody's running for election this year. Gavin is going to run as an independent candidate. Gavin Pepper. Gavin, hi, how are you? How are you doing, Noel? I'm running in Finglas and Ballymun as well. All right, okay. So you'll be running in opposition to Jeff. Okay. Yeah. All right, okay. But I but I think you both stand for the same thing. We do, yeah. But I, I knocked out a lot of the doors. I know Jeff well. Um, I've been knocking at the doors and doing my flyers and stuff. And the, to, immigration is definitely on the minds of everybody. Everyone's talking about that. There's also another thing that wasn't mentioned, no, uh, Noel, which is a big topic on the doors and fingers and Ballymun, is the drugs. And a lot of TDs don't talk about the drugs issue. Well, they do talk about the drugs. They want to legalise them all. Yeah, that's the only thing. And they shouldn't want to legalise it. Or decriminalise. Yeah. Yeah. But the big drug uh, at the problem in air areas now is these gas canisters. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big issue in the air. Very dangerous, the iron oil. They cause neurological problems. And I I know as a taxi man from picking up patients in the hospital. So this is a big issue at the door. And the government need to crack down on this because these technically are not illegal according to people. Do you, do you know that way? When they're easy for kids to get their hang on, hand on and it's a lot of teenagers doing them and I think the government need to do some sort of campaign, proper campaign in, in relation to this matter. Where are they getting those guys? I've seen the empty canisters at some of the big gigs, for example, the outdoor gigs. You see the empty canisters all over the ground. They're these little canisters for people who haven't seen them. They're only about four or five inches long and they basically just push them against their mouth and take all the gas in, or whatever they do. Where are they getting them from? Who's important? They're all over the place, Noel. They're all over the place, and they're very easy. As I said, if you're stopped with these, according to these people, if you're stopped with these in the car, the guards can't do anything. You can maybe take them off you, but they're not illegal to have. It's not an illegal thing. The government need to crack down on them because... Uh, they are, like, honest to God, they're causing severe neurological disorders. And, uh, 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 you know, the hospital consultants, I've had them in my car, I've had patients in the car, consultants in the car. You know, I'm a taxi man, I have these people. And, like, they can't move their hands, they can't move their legs. It's doing severe damage to the youth. And I think in the working class areas, they need to put up, like, you know, posters and have a campaign to show the impact of this. You know, years ago, Noel, when they... The drugs counsellors would come into the schools and have a talk with the kids. I think this is vital, it's very important, and it's an important topic at the doors. Okay, the other thing, Gavin, is, as I mentioned earlier on, Aon O'Riordan said two months, well, I think it was about a month and a half ago in September or so on the on VMT, that, you know, immigration was not an issue. Uh, I don't know where, I don't know what he's thinking, to be honest, just to say, that's obviously why Labour Party don't get any votes anymore. Uh, but realistically, it is an issue. So you've heard Maureen, that's, I suppose, the extreme view, uh, and she's entitled to her view. She said she would deport a lot of them. Um, uh, except for those who she believes may be genuine, which she, according to her, you could count on one hand. Um, where where do you stand on immigration in Ireland? Immigration is the biggest topic in Ireland at the moment because it affects everything. So the more immigration you bring in, the more expensive houses become, the less houses there is. It, it has an effect on all services. That's why people are waiting longer to see a doctor, a hospital appointment. It, it slows up, it clogs up the system across the board on everything right down to when people are applying for benefits or what, they're, they're longer because the, the, the system, there's not enough staff in the system to deal with it. Okay, Every so you're, you're telling me you're telling me the problems it caused and we all know that. How do you deal with it? Yeah. Well, my, every illegal migrant that arrives in Ireland, my, I want them to part. 
like, like, I believe you should have to be departed and apply through the proper channels to come back in. We do not have a proper policies policies regarding migration in this country. Well, we, we, we do have an immigration policy, but it's completely ignored. Yeah, but that's the problem. So we need to deport all illegal migrants because we don't know their background. And that's the reality of it. I've, I've it's a, you do know, by the way, Gavin, it's a criminal offence to come to Ireland with no documentation. Absolutely. But, but, but there's only one person has been charged. Yeah. Yeah, it's shocking, Noel. Like it, like, it really is. And people are, as Michael said earlier, people are afraid to speak out. Like, I'm not. Like, the, the facts are the facts. You know, we have proper migration policy, proper borders, really proper dealt with and done properly. Then there'll be a girl still alive in this country. I don't want to name her because the family is still grieving. And, you know, it's a somber topic. But everybody knows the reality of this. People have to just accept facts and the facts are migration in Ireland has caused major problems and that's because we don't know who's coming into our country we have not done the proper I, and you would imagine yeah. it would be easy enough to do we live on an island surrounded by water so for for us more so than any other country in Europe it's quite easy for us to fix especially uh, yeah, 100% and we have the technology for this so so Ireland's a fourth world country it's not like what, what you, as you said we're an island but we we, we have the technology to be checking this, it's just, it's a simple But, but it seems we don't. The Minister for Justice doesn't even know how many people have left the country with deportation orders. So it seems that because we don't have the technology. Care. But they're not looking into it. They don't care, Noel. Like, you know, the amount, I pass, the numbers are going up every week. Like, it's, it's still, so it's still happening every day. Like, everybody's forgetting, OIPA, people are still arriving every day. Has, they haven't changed anything. Does it like, you know, they're telling you we're doing this, we're doing that, but the facts are the facts, they're not doing anything. The pass figures are out every week, and every week more unvetted male migrants are arriving into Ireland. It's just the facts of it. And what, and what about women and children? I, I mean, should they be allowed to stay? Genuine families, women and children, should be allowed to stay. Like, like, you know, as long as we have the room for... We have to be realistic. It's who you can help and who you can't. Ireland's at full capacity now. The government are saying to themselves, Ireland is full. But we have 14,000 Irish homeless families now that are being forgotten about and left behind. Um, I'm sure you saw Storm Debbie over the weekend. Yeah, there was a lot of people, Irish people, intense in that storm. Like, we should have the resources to have these people in accommodation. Like, it's not acceptable. You, like, I know a fella, I just want to point to him that people don't want to talk about But I know a fella, Michael in particular, he, he, he sits at the garage in Finglas every day and I give him money, blankets, stuff like that, coffee and stuff like that. Like, I, I don't mind what his addiction issues are. He should be housed and looked after. Why is Michael... Be, well, well, if people can't see the fact that you look at a building that houses illegal migrants and our own homeless are on the street, if, if people cannot see what's wrong with that picture right there, then they need their, their eyes fixed. Okay, okay. Well, well, hang on, hang on, Gavin. Just stay with me, Gavin, for a second, because I have a load of people to get to today, by the way. The phones are hopping downstairs. Uh, just wait there for a second. Just let me go to David. David, hi, how are you? So I'm going to be quick with everybody, because I'm being given out to here now for spending too long with people. David, hi. How are you, how are you now? Sorry for keeping you, David. I'm sorry, Don. I'll be with you in a second as well. Uh, David, I mean, who, what's the issue you're going to be kind of pursuing with the politicians at the front door? Um, well, obviously, the cost of uh, cost of living issue, housing, um, will be for me. I'm I'm a dad. I've got four kids, and um, the the way that things have gone up in price is just like beyond natural. And I think there's there's a huge level of artificial um, inflation going on. I listen to a lot of podcasts and stuff, and uh, on the economy and stuff. And um, even when 
around the time, remember the, the at the beginning of the whole Ukraine thing, uh, the cost of energy went up. But I remember, I remember, and I'm paraphrasing now, me all Martin saying, this doesn't really affect us uh, because we're not we're not dependent on Russia or anything for gas. But uh, because of the markets, the prices will go up anyway. And there was a whole lot of uh, price inflation from energy companies that were making an absolute fortune on the misfortune of the majority of people who can't afford it. And by the way, it's not just the energy companies making money, by the way. The government are making money out of the cost of energy. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. So this, it, this it crying by the government saying they feel sorry for us, they actually don't feel sorry yeah, for us because if they felt sorry for us, they'd remove the VAT. Absolutely, and a lot of the and 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 a lot of it has to do as well with the, the cost of fuel, the fuel to fuel a car. Like the cost of diesel influences everything. Um, uh, mm. tra- transporting goods and services all over the place, and they have the power to do it, but they won't. And a lot of it as well uh, is that, like if you I'm just trying to remember now. Um, well, if you if you're uh, saying they they have the power to do it and they won't, well, that tells us that they don't really care about us. They just yeah, want to get yeah, through the next I, day. Exactly. Yeah. Like, and and unfortunately, there's not there's not there's not a huge amount of politicians available that really do care about individual individual kind of families who are okay. trying to to flourish. Okay, Dave. Just quickly, in relation to the the topic of immigration, uh, the one that, according to yeah. one politician, is not a political issue and it's not an election issue. Is it an election issue? I think it's. I think um, from my perspective, anyway, we have an aging population. Where the population of of uh, natural Irish people are not replacing themselves, so uh, where are you going to get your workers for the future to pay taxes and to help support the aging population? I would no, I don't get me wrong. I think there's always room for immigration, but according to Gavin and other people, it should be done legally. Yeah, I mean, everything should all be, all be done. Everything should all be done legally. I mean, you can't have a free for all. I mean, that's I, that's what we have at the moment. Thank you. I've worked abroad. I've worked abroad, and there's lots of other Irish who've gone to Australia and gone to America and stuff like that, and they've all gone legitimately, hopefully. Um, haven't showed up to America in any dinghies or, or freight uh, containers or anything mm. like that. But, um, but provided everything is done legitimately, yeah, no, we, there absolutely should be. Like, I, I think a lot of this thing about immigration is, uh, like, you wouldn't be bothered if it was a bus of French aerospace engineers. I think there's an element of... of the whole kind of march about immigration thing to do with people who might not be kind of socially acceptable. Um, well, the thing about it is people have concerns that there's no security when, you know, when you've got a vast amount of these people arriving in Ireland with no documentation, no passports, no way of checking who they are. And we have seen people who have committed serious crimes in this country from other countries, some of into individual cases, who already had a criminal record in their own country, but swan into Ireland and are, you know, are guests of the nation. Um, sorry, David, I'm going to have to cut you a little bit short there because I'm kind of rapidly running out of time here and run, and have so many people to get to. Um, and Maureen, you wanted to say something very quickly there, yeah, sorry, I did before just before I go, I go to Don. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah um, well, I had mentioned about immigration and, you know, all the rest of it, but we also need an overhaul of our judiciary system. We need an overhaul of our education system, our health system. Plus, no more money goes out of this country. To any other country in this world, I don't care what war is on, I don't care who it is. I can remember going to school, we were sending penny, a penny for the black babies since the 1960s. I remember as well, yes, yeah, yeah. So the, all that has to be done as well. The money stays... I, 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 I still think we do have to be charitable. You know, there are nations in the world that no, genuinely no, need we help. Have, we have to be charitable, but... I, no, don't get me wrong. I agree with you. We shouldn't, shouldn't be supplying money for war. I no, wouldn't. we yeah. shouldn't. We have been charitable long enough. We 
charitable to our own. Okay, thank you for that, Maureen. Let me just go. To, yeah, Gavin, save me there if you want to. Let me just go to Don. Don, hi, how are you? How's it going now? How you doing? Nice to talk to you, Don. Don, what, what is the election issues? According to Gavin Pepper, who's running as an independent candidate, he says immigration is one of those issues, but also housing is a major issue as well. Well, immigration is number one issue because of housing, and those two come together. Like, I, I'm an educated IT worker. If I can't find someone to live, I'm going to another country. I pay taxes there. They will be getting my tax money. Mm. So why? So like David was saying there, oh, we need workers to pay taxes. Like, but my age group is leaving. People in the 30s are leaving. Nurses are leaving. Teachers are leaving because there's nowhere to live. Well, that's it. I mean, there's no point in, you know, you being a guard or being a nurse and you move to Dublin or whatever it is. You can't afford to buy a property or even rent a property. Yeah, I know. I like, I, I like where I live in, in Wicklow. There's like ten thousand people in the town. The town is empty during the weekdays. I don't speak to anyone for six days on the trot. I have to go to Dublin to talk to another human being. <laughs> like, I, it's life here is awful. I'm going to leave the country, mm. or I move to a populated area that has maybe fifty thousand people or hundred thousand people. Well, well, I suppose that depends on your requirements. Some people do like the quiet life, you know. In fairness, Don. Uh, you know, Wicklow is a beautiful place, by the way. Can I just point out? I wouldn't. It is, it is. It is beautiful, but but if I want to buy a house, I need to find a wife. If I to find a wife, I need to talk to another human being. Yeah, and and to buy a house or build a house in Wicklow, you have to be from the area, don't you? There's a whole rule for seven years. Yeah, there's rules around it. Yeah. Okay. So, in relation to immigration, you believe there two are intrinsically linked. So, how do you solve the problem that we have at the moment, where we've not only reached capacity but gone completely past it? How do you solve that problem? Um, what I'm suggesting is short-term solutions while there is currently a housing crisis. Uh, no, no more illegal uh, immigrants. Anyone even breaks the traffic lights, deport them. Uh, no more refugees until the housing crisis is finished. If anyone wants to live here, they can go through the visa program. If they're working and they're contributing, I'm more accepting of that. But we can't. We can't have educated workers being forced to leave and we're being replaced with unemployable Ukrainians. Like, it doesn't make any sense. The point David made about illegals, by the way, is correct. I'll come back to Gavin on that as well. Is that, you know, even in America, for example, when you see Mexicans flooding across the border, um, you know, down the, the, on the southern border of America, you know, I've been to America many times, sorry, Gavin, and, you know, you do need some level of illegal immigration because it's cheap labor. And without that cheap labor or Mexicans working, you know, putting new roofs on houses, building roads, whatever it is, you know, they wouldn't have enough manpower to build, to, to do all those things. And the same here. You know, Gavin, if we didn't allow some level of immigration into Ireland, I'm not talking about through the visa system. I'm talking about unskilled workers coming into the country. You know, there'd be nobody to do those menial jobs that the Irish people just don't seem to want to do. Well, Noel, I want to answer David's question and yours in, in, in a double. Um, we need to follow the Hungarian model. They spend 6% of GDP on helping families and encouraging and give tax breaks for families and people to have more kids. Ireland's the, that's the highest in the world in GDP in the world. Ireland doesn't. So you're saying we need to bring in skilled migrants. We don't. We, illegal migrants is not welcome here. I don't want them here. I think we should be... No, I'm talking about unskilled workers. Yeah, I'm talking about unskilled yeah, workers. Legal, legally unskilled workers, if they come through the proper legal channels, but not illegally. So 
as I said, I, I would be more fa- favourable for giving tax breaks to families, helping families, encouraging families to have kids, uh, spending more, bringing in universal childcare, um, tax breaks for mortgages for people and uh, young couples. It's, it's time to help our own people. How is our own people? Irish people can't afford to have a baby anymore because of this system. Because of the Irish system, you, you, you hear couples, they, they, they can't afford to have kids. So he's talking no, about no, no, I, I don't disagree. We, we do need to encourage the family. We've been eroding the family for the last 10 years in this country. We've been destroying the family. And as you know, rightly know, because of the cost of living, the average family now is only two children, where it used to be five and six children. We need to be encouraging people and supporting children if they want to have a slightly larger family. I'm not saying that we pay for everything, but we, we do certainly need to be encouraged. Gavin, I have to go to a lot of people, but Gavin, I do appreciate you and wish you luck, by the way, uh, running in elections next year. But wish you luck. We'll talk to you loads of times before them anyway, Gavin. Uh, let me go to Maliki Steenson. Maliki, hi, how are you? Hi, good afternoon, Niall. Uh, okay, so you're going to have the June elections next year, which are the local elections. We could have a general election before the end of next year. If not, it'll be the start of 2025, or it could even be sooner. You never know. Um, according to Eleanor Reardon there on VMTV very recently, he said immigration is not an issue at the front door. It's not an issue for, for elections. Well, I mean, I would imagine that the doors that um, Aon or Reardon knocks on are the very woke doors and he knows the answer. If he even does knock on doors, you know, um, the Labour Party particularly, and, and particularly O'Reardon and Patrick, live in a bubble of their own, of woke liberalism, where they only talk to people who agree with them. When we started a protest in East Wall, he organised a protest in Fairview, claiming it was in East Wall which was in a totally different constituency. Mm-hmm. And he had a few few people on the bridge there, on the footbridge uh, protest. So none of them actually came from the area, or certainly very few of them. 90-odd percent of them that, were. Yeah, that wasn't a protest. He, no, they didn't call that a protest. That was called a rally. Yeah, um, and <laughs> anybody had it. The same as when they had that big protest in town. The majority of people at, at these things who are supporting government policy, work for the government or an NGO or a government organisation. Yeah, or have skin in the game, essentially. Yeah, they have skin in the game, of course. It's their job. It's their job to do it. It's the same as all these, you know, groups that's out there to fight poverty and sort housing out and all of these things. It's it's in... Okay, but East Wall now, the first protest in East Wall is coming up to the first anniversary soon, is it? The first anniversary is next week now. Yeah, okay. And we have startling uh, relevations to come out in the coming week about information we, which we have now found, which bears out everything we have said. And I'm sick and tired. And remember, Aon O'Reardon, when the East Wall protests were at, a height, at its height, was tweeting pictures of a man who was at the protests, a businessman, and in fact, an immigrant from the UK, who has his own business in this country, in this area, was at the protest with a sign, Irish Lives Matter. Yep. And he tweeted that that man could get no business and he should be destroyed. What way is that for a TD who claims to represent all of the people, and particularly a TD in the Labour Party who claims to represent working class people? Well, the, but that, well that was the Labour Party mantra going back years ago. My father used to vote, vote for the Labour Party because he said it was the working, man, working man's party. That's not the case anymore. We all know that. No, actually, no. The, the working class people in this country generally voted for Fianna Fáil. They were the normal the Labour Party in any other country. Politics in this country was distorted because of, of the counter-revolution and the attack on the Republic in 1922. But, but look at politics now. You've got three parties more or less saying exactly the same thing. You've an opposition that are doing absolutely nothing exactly to oppose the, the government. It, and you, you've exactly. got a whole load of independents who don't seem to have a huge amount of power, sadly. Um, 
But, you, you know, you've seen now Michael Collins saying he's announced that he's going to have, you know, his own political party now, Independent Ireland. Do you have much faith in that or hope in that? Well, well, let's say I have more hope than faith. Um, because we've seen these things come and go. We've seen groups like Ains who, who are basically sinners without abortion, um, who are trying to... Um, oh, I like it. I like Ains uh, you know. It's, it's not a matter of whether you like them or not. I like them too, and I get on fairly well with, with Potter. You know, I'm with other members of his party, and there's no one of in Carson, but I'm just simply stating, from my view, that's what they are, sinners without... No, they're, no, they're not. They're not. I mean, there's no way, for example, that would Pat or Toby and an Ain't who turn around and say we want to make puberty blockers available for teenagers, which was said by a member of Sinn Féin. I agree with you on that, yeah. yeah. They're, 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 and also, Patter has talked about, you know, bringing our capacity or putting caps on immigration. That's not something Sinn Féin has ever said. You know, I, so I, I don't agree with you at all in relation to Ain't I, right, well, I think they're a lot better than you think they are. Well, we sit down and we go through all of the policies and see them um, okay, but, okay, but, but, okay. So, so in other words, so at the front door, you've got health, housing, immigration, education, childcare, cost of living, no, or, or what you else? You have one issue. You have one issue at the doors in the next elections, and that is immigration. Every other policy and every other problem that we have in this country stems from the over the over the increased demand that has led from immigration. We have imported almost a million people into this country in the past 20 years. This year alone, since the Ukrainian thing, there's something like almost 200,000 now between IPAS and, and Ukrainians. You simply cannot put, you know, if you're filling a, a bucket of water and oil, it overflows. No matter what you do, you can't put more water into it unless you stick a hole in the bottom. If you don't have the accommodation for people, then you can't continue to import them. And this nonsense that's been spread, oh, where are we going to get the workers to build the houses? Are we going to do what we've done before, build houses to house people coming in? You know, or are we going to try and solve the problem? And it seems to me that there is no intention. I mean, the government there talked about, oh, we're going to cut welfare for Ukrainians coming in because it's a draw factor. They cannot do that under, the, under what they've signed up for because the agreement they've, they've entered into in Europe is that Ukrainians coming in here are refugees and are automatically... But, but, we, but we do know that many Ukrainians are now abu are abusing the system. Sure, I only seen a post the other day that was put up online by a Ukrainian girl who's living currently in Ukraine at the moment. She'd been here already for two weeks, going back a while ago, and she'd obviously signed up, um, you know, to, to get accommodation. She went back to Ukraine and she hopes to get here after Christmas. There's photographs of her living it up in Ukraine, wherever she happens to live in the Ukraine, uh, or in Ukraine. No, we've been saying but, that. But, she's, but in other words, so she'll come over when she's ready, when everything is set up for her. We've been saying that from day one. And now the government are belatedly saying it. So, the far right now are, you know, as we said in the beginning, we were right so far. But why can't they reduce the amount of money that they give on welfare? Because, let's be clear about it, every other country is only given half what we're given. Hold on. The legal basis, because welfare rates in other countries are, are lower automatically for everybody. A refugee, somebody who's granted refugee status in this country has the very same rights as a citizen. So you, they, there is no provision in the legal framework to say that somebody should get less of a payment. Well, asylum seekers get less of a payment. No, asylum seekers are not refugees. No, no, I'm well aware of that. But I'm just saying, there, right. you're saying there's nobody gets less of a payment. Asylum seekers no, get less of a payment. No, that's not surely what I'm there, saying. Surely there should be a separate, then, then we need to change the legislation. Because refugees well, we shouldn't be entitled to the same rights as citizens. Hold on. 
But the yarn oil, that is the very basis of the, the refugee program. And that is the very basis of the asylum application system, where you come in as an asylum seeker and you apply. And in normal countries, if you're rejected on your asylum claim, you're put on a plane and sent away. Here you just spend years going through the high court and then you're left, let's say anyway. But what they done with the Ukrainians was they jumped that hurdle and they said, you don't have to apply. You're automatically a refugee. So therefore, you have the same rights and facilities and everything else that a normal Irish citizen has. And that's the problem. So when they talk about they're going to change it, this is all wretched. Well, I know. The horse is already bolted. They, they know the winds have changed. They know people are livid over this. And they know that every problem in this, and you know, they come along and say, oh, don't blame the refugees. Don't blame the asylum seekers. They have exacerbated problems that were already there. You okay, well, well, hang on, well, hang on for a second, Maliki, please. I, I need to go to a load of people. I want to go to John. I have to go to Michael. I have to go to Sarah. Stay there, Maliki, if you want to. Uh, John, hi, how are you? Yeah, good afternoon, Roy. How are you? Um, good. Well, Michael Martin is in your area, isn't he? Well, Michael Martin wouldn't come on my property because he knows who I am. <laughs> and he, he knows the reception he gets. So none, none or neither would Jerry Bottom on these crowds. They know where I live. And they yeah, they wouldn't be knocking on your door, John, no? No. Not in a month of Sundays. Um, look, um, the whole thing about it is that uh, the, the local elections are a barometer which the governments use always to measure measure how much they're doing and, and what, what kind of reaction they could get for the general, right? And a lot of it is local stuff, like, I mean, Mrs. Murphy's uh, potholes have been fixed and there's a relationship between the councillor and then he gets to vote. Like, But when you're voting for in the general election, it's totally different because, and I, I, I firmly believe that the next general election will, this country will stand or fall by it. It will take us right into 2030, right? So it is most important that people think before they vote this time. But they won't, but they, they won't, John. Well, if they don't, I mean, they, they deserve everything they don't get. Let's mm. put it that way. Because I can tell you now, and I'm sure Maliki will agree with me, the next general election, there'll be no change. Well, I mean, if people think... Won't won't be, because Sinn yeah. Féin will get in, yeah. and it's more of the same. But, but John is right. If we don't make a change in the next series of elections, then we are finished. The, the yeah. population is already 25% non-national. By 2030, that would be 30 or 35 percent at the rate they're going. I mean, I mean, I want to be clear. I don't have an issue with diversity. I mean, many of the big com- companies in this country have no, benefited have greatly from people. This is not diversity. No, 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 I understand that. I understand. This is an overpick. The diversity is having a few of this and a few of that. It's not it's about what's having what's all of that and none of us. What's happening? Okay, well, hang on, hang on, sorry, hang on, Maliki. Sorry, John, go ahead. With, with the last uh, four or five years, like, it has gone out of hand altogether. And it's not fair to the decent uh, asylum seekers come in here, or people even looking at economic migrants that want to start and want to do it legally, right? But it's just too quick. I mean, especially the undocumented, Marines previously, and even the Ukrainians, we've taken in way too much. I was in Sweden, uh, one of the German supermarkets in my city two weeks ago there, and I swear to God, I was the only... Irish person inside there. And it made me uncomfortable. I'm not a racist. I went outside, walking down Patrick Street, and I was met with a wave of non-Irish again. 
And I mean, it's just happening too quick. And it's not fair to the people coming in. It's not fair to the Irish people. I don't, I don't believe we are racist at heart. But I think we're being pushed that way because people, people feel that there is nobody, and I mean nobody, the three muppets above there. And of course, obviously, we have no opposition with the likes of Mary Lou MacDonald and Fianna Fáil. Nobody is listening anymore. I hear it every day and night. We're being taken for granted. Why are all these people coming in? Why are the undocumented billows that are not deported? I mean, why don't they look after all one the cock people, the Irish people, whatever? It's if they feel betrayed and not listened to. Okay, but well stay there for a second. Let me just go to Michael as well. Michael, hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you, uh, Niall? I'm good, Michael. What was I to say? Uh, well, just listening to your show today, it's been a real eye opener. Find that uh, you've taken over Joe Duffy's mantle. <laughs> it's not a, there's a lot of things that are being. I don't, uh, maybe, I don't know whether I should take that as an insult or a compliment, but go on. Yeah. That show on OT Live Line was a great show with Marion Tanukan and Joe Duffy up to a point. Mm. But they won't have any opinions on anymore because our opinions are all now controversial. Well, well your, opinions, your opinions, Malachy's, John's, Sarah, who'll be on in a minute, everybody's opinions today matter. Everybodyody's opinions matter. Yeah, but they do, but they do, but they don't win OT. <laughs> it's too much. Yeah, put a nonsense on, and uh, I find that your show is the only show that is airing the views of Irish people. Oh, thanks very much. I'm glad you're happy with it, Michael. What's your view uh, in relation to immigration? And it's, it's, uh, well, uh, well, I suppose it's going to be an when it comes to an election, election, yeah, it won't yeah. Be. Uh, yeah, it won't be. It won't be. It should it be? Yeah, but it won't be mm. because we're all racist now, Nile. <laughs> you know, yeah, <laughs> like. Uh, you, uh, you've questions with COVID, you're racist. Or you're anti-vaxxer, you've questions with climate change, ah, oh, far right, racist. Questions with immigration, race. It's, it's becoming a joke. So you're not allowed to disagree, otherwise you're some sort of right-wing no, 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 loony. An, exactly, exactly. Yeah. There's a narrative, and if you go against that narrative, you're a far-right racist. You know? Well, what the right wing tend to say six months later, the government usually say. So, I mean, we've, we've seen that time and time again. Oh, 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 no, I know. And uh, I, I mean, I'm listening to all your contributors today, and they're running for election. Having a hope. Like, they're having a hope. However, if they were to say, it's like, vote me in, I won't make your life any worse. <laughs> you know, they might. They're mm. honest. It's like, well, I'm going... Well, but my fear is, whatever about them not even getting elected. So let's say they do get a vote and they're independent or they become an independent councillor or whatever it is they happen to get elected to. They, unfortunately... They, yeah, but it's not going to happen. They're not going to make a real difference, unfortunately. No, no, no. no. Do you know where you make the real difference? You go for election, you say, you know what? I'm only in it for myself. <laughs> and I'm not going to make your life any worse. <laughs> well, yeah, that's about... I represent the Leave Me Alone party, you know? Uh... Mm. And so, in other words, what you're saying is politicians are all narcissists, essentially. I wouldn't say really we're all narcissists when it comes to it. I mean, people do things for the benefit of the people. I there know, are good you know, politicians. There are some. Can you, can you name me three? Uh... I like Michael Collins, who was out at the start of the show. I, I do like Pat Tobin, uh, Michael McNamara, Senator Sharon Keoghan. I can name Richard O'Donoghue. I can name a few more. There's a, there's a few out there who genuinely, I believe, care about the issues that I care about. Um, but unfortunately, they don't have a huge amount of power. What? They're not going to change it. Well, no, they, well, they don't have the power to change it. 
because they're not in government. Yeah, well, they, they are, are TDs, but they're not in government as such. They're part of the government. But they never party. will. I mean, you, you heard with Lynn Rowan last week, and how she spoke with May, uh, or with William Binchy. I, I know that was that was. I personally believe it was extremely rude with the way she spoke to him. But I, mean, I don't want to get into that because she's not on the air to defend herself. Yeah, yeah. But but you know, I and I but I do agree. I think everybody agreed online. It was extremely rude the way she spoke to him. Um, man, and the man is a gentleman, and I have to say, even in the face of rudeness, he was still a gentleman. Anyway, he was, yeah. The woke liberal supported her. Well, well, Hazel Chew did, I think, didn't she? Yeah. Okay. Well, enough of that. I don't want to talk about it. Um, getting back to uh, stay there, Mike. I want to go to Sarah as well. Sarah, hi. How are you? Hi, Noel. How things? I'm good, Sarah. Interesting show. Yeah. Thank you. Who will you be voting for? And what? Well, not who will you be voting for? But what will you say to politicians when they come to your front door? Do you know, I just don't answer the door and I'd only be like that. Like, I'd like that to be brave enough to say something constructive that it's, you know, like, no matter what we say or what anyone says, I feel like they're not going to listen. Like, their minds is already made up. Mm. You know, and I think that's very sad on my behalf because, like, I was actually thinking, even if there was a way there that I could unregister myself from being a voter because I heard that if you already voted for somebody, is it true that if you don't vote again, that that vote goes back into that party? Uh, like I used to have faith. No, 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 don't, no, I, no. That's that's not correct. And that, there, there are people who are okay. arguing about deregistration. You know, are basically mad. Mm. The only way you can get change through a democratic process is to vote for somebody different. If you deregister, then you have no say, and then you can't even complain. At least if you vote for yeah, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, by the way, can I just point out to people what's important when you get to a general election, in particular, right? Is that you don't just vote for one person on your sheet because I know. That's yeah, you, you, you want to vote for one person. Well, you know, vote for people of like mind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. But make sure you you list them down your preferences, right? Because if you don't, well, then obviously you know other people Hold get your on. votes. No, no, years no, ago no. I made a big no, mistake. Right. Oh, no, well, hang, well, hang on, no, hang on. I let Maliki correct me if I'm wrong. Sorry, Maliki. Yeah. Sorry. If sorry, you Maliki. vote down to this and go, say there's 10 candidates and vote 1 to 10, ultimately somebody gets your vote. Well, it's probably somebody you didn't want to vote for if you do that. You only vote for the people in order of your preference. So if, say, Gavin is running and you want Gavin in, um, you vote number one for him. And if your next guy is somebody else in that area that you think is okay, then you vote number two for him. But if there's anybody else that you don't like or you don't want him, then you don't vote for him. So you're saying just leave the rest of the sheet blank? Yes, because... Well, I, now I'm, I'm only telling you what I was told. I was advised against doing that. Well, if Gavin is knocked out, right, mm. his second preference vote goes to that person. Yeah, that was the point I was making. Yeah. Whereas it, it goes to this person that you have picked second. But if you haven't put in any second, then the vote just goes. It's gone. Because you've only voted for one person. Yeah, I think, I think that was the, that was the kind of point I was making. Anyway, but look, uh, sorry, Sarah, just... Vote just for Varadkar. Well, no, I wouldn't be voting for Varadkar. Uh, or whoever <laughs> else is on the list, you know. Uh, so, Sarah, do you believe immigration is going to be on the uh, the, the lips of everybody on the doorstep? <laughs> I don't think so, to be quite honest. You don't think so? I don't think so, no. I think, like... There's nothing that we can do about it. The government has already made up their mind. Um, it's a bit defeatist, no isn't it? That, no, but listen, there's no... Like, I was talking to um, 
a girl there now seven months in the country and she had to have two thousand euros to go into the country and then she had to find her way and she was given a period of time and if she didn't make it she was going back mm. and um that's one aspect of it right um, and I really think that she deserves a, a proper life and a proper chance in our country if we can help her. Then you have other people coming in that are just making all the refugees and immigrants like look bad. Then we have our side of the coin, we have our own. That like, and I love Maliki, and I love the way he speaks. Like, and if he like, and I'm not just saying it because I listen to the show and I do listen to him, but like, if there was some sort of structure in regards to proper protesting, like, I'm sure there's an awful lot more that the public could do a bit, like, a bit do, like, do more good and more constructive, and the government may hear us that little bit clearer. More so than being like. But every time, every time Maliki and his group of people uh, go out to protest, they're just referred to as right wing racists. Yeah, that's because you'll always get the four or the five that's tagging along like that. Yeah, like, well, yeah, but he can't do anything about that. Yeah, but he can't do anything about that. I know he can't, but surely he's somebody. They call us right wing <laughs> racists to demean us and to stop ordinary people listening to what we're saying. And now the government who claim to be centrists, are saying the very same things that we've been saying since last November. Say there, Dave, hi, how are you doing, Dave? If we were right, Ray, sorry, for like. saying it and racist, then so are they. Okay, Dave, sorry about that. Go ahead, Dave. No, no, that's the crack. Yeah, Dave, I mean, what would be the issue with the doorstep for you? Um, healthcare would be the biggest one for me. Mm. Healthcare, healthcare and childcare, you know, and immigration as well. Um, infrastructure in general, really. You know, okay. I mean, they can nearly all they nearly all fall under the one umbrella. I mean, the idea that you're going to dump, you know, 70, 80, 90 people in a small rural town or rural village with no GP to look after them, no jobs for them, no public transport, and you're going to leave them there for two, three, four years while their, you know, asylum applications being processed is just insane, really, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but healthcare, healthcare would be the biggest for me. You know, like one thing I would love to see is could we stop shutting the hospitals uh, from a Friday to a Monday or a Friday to a Tuesday if we have a bank holiday weekend? That's just never made sense to me at all. Like we have a million people on waiting lists. So would it not make more sense to go, right, we're going to be running the hospital seven days a week to try and cut down the waiting list? Mm-hmm. You know, or even there was a scheme years ago because I got my wisdom teeth done on it where if you were waiting three months or over for an operation, the state will pay for your operation to be done in a private hospital. Why can't we bring that back? Well, we did that during you know? we did that during COVID uh, a lot. Actually, they they basically took over the private hospitals during COVID. But the problem is, David, it's hugely expensive. You know, yeah, for, for the I taxpayer, know. you know, it's usually because private hospitals charge so much more. You know, I know, but Niall, Niall, healthcare in this country is is hugely expensive for the taxpayer anyway. I mean, the healthcare budget every year may as well just be a black hole. You know, like well, the it's whole, up to twenty billion, yeah, whole, of course, yeah. The whole thing, look, the whole thing needs to be restructured. One of the first things they need to do: all these A and E departments that they closed down during the recession, open them back the fuck up, right? Because you need a hospital closed at five o'clock. They close their doors, right? The hospital's closed. You have Roscommon A and E was closed down, even though Andy Kenny himself said, "Oh, that will never be closed." You have all these places. Like if you go to UHL, right, on um, on a quiet night, it's going to be mad. You have people from Tipperary, Limerick, Clare, Galway, 
You know what I mean? You've all these different places being funneled into the one hospital. And UHL is a fabulous hospital. It really is. It's it's one of the best hospitals in the country. And the care that you receive there once you're in there is exemplary. It really is. But unfortunately, it's in the news for all the wrong reasons all the time. It's in the news because the A&E department is bursting at the seams because you have people from four or five different counties being funneled into it. But that's a ridiculous situation that I think most people in cities don't appreciate, particularly if you're living in Dublin or Cork where you've got a hospital on your doorstep and they don't appreciate that and we don't know how lucky we are. I mean, I would hate to be in a situation where you have to travel 70 miles to get to hospital. But like, it's gas, like, it, people might not think it, right? But like, I've spent enough time around hospitals and around people in ambulances and spoke to them and they said the healthcare in this country, believe it or not, is some of the best in Europe. It, it, it's up there. Like, if you have a heart attack in Ireland, your chances of surviving your heart attack are really, really, really high compared to this time 10 years ago because of the, the, the systems we have in place. But the problem is, if you're living in, say, um, you're living in Tremor and you have a heart attack and you need to go to Cork, you might have to wait for an ambulance to come from Cashel or Tullamore to go to Tremor, to pick you up in Tremor, to bring you to Cork. I mean, on what planet does that make sense? No, you'd be dead before the time you get there. Uh, yeah. Okay, in relation to immigration, as I said, the Labour Party earlier on I mentioned, they don't believe it's a, an election issue. Yeah, the Labour Party also believe people are going to stay voting for them as well. So yeah, no, They, all, they also that. believe they're going to build a million social houses. So, I mean, let's yeah, be clear. Yeah, well, well, to be fair, I mean, yeah, well, well, to be fair, like, I mean, if they're going to have a guy leading the party, at least have a guy with a personality. Like, I mean, Alan Kelly has got all the... the yeah, he's gone you know, now. It's, no, it's Ivana Bacic now. Oh, is he gone? Ah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, if, yeah no, good. Well, no, I don't know whether that's good or not. Ivana, Ivana Bacic is trust, there now. Trust, yeah. trust me, I met, come here, I met him one time. He stood on my front doorstep and promised me the world one day. And then I met the, the, the same evening. I was standing outside my local pub having a smoke. And he walked right past us like we didn't even exist. The man okay. has all the personality of a head of cabbage. Right, okay. So you didn't like him. Okay, well, Labour, well, nobody seems to like Labour anymore anyway. They've lost so many votes over the last uh, six or seven years, particularly since that incident with Joan Burton in Jobstown. That seemed to be the Yeah, well, the I think Joan Burton is, yeah, Joan Burton kind of did the damage. Because, oh, I yeah. mean, Labour Party were always supposed to be the party of the people, you know, the party mm. of your... The your working class person, or, yeah. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, you know, you're working on the building site, you vote for us. All my family back through the years, like my mother's side of the family, they were all Labour parents. Yeah, so was my so, father. I think my father was Labour as well. Anyway, Dave, listen, thank you very much indeed. Appreciate you coming on the air and talking to us today. Now, loads of messages, by the way, coming in. Somebody says, uh, Niall, all the young educated people and some middle-aged people are leaving Ireland for various reasons like housing and nothing ever changes in Ireland. We don't have a strong conservative political party like in the US or the UK here, so there's no difference in the policies of Fianna Fáil, uh, Fine Gael and Sinn Féin. I also saw an apartment for rent in Dublin. It was 3000 a month or 36000 per year. Sure, how is a new Garda on 33000 or a nurse on 31000 supposed to afford to rent that? Uh, that comes in from Aaron on WhatsApp. Aaron, you are 100% correct. Uh, that's exactly where they're leaving. Should they have nowhere to live? You know what I mean? Well, how can you expect people to work in this country when you can't provide somewhere for them to live? It's ridiculous. Uh, so the message coming in. The big issue for me is the cost of living. That's why my main worry is today. Uh, that's why I'll be worried about uh, when I'm voting, says Mark. Um, another person says, that's why Labour are on 3% of the polls. Imagine that for a minute. Three people in 100 would vote for Labour, Morris says. Hans Mulligan says on Facebook, all welcome, just not in uh, their area. Bunch of hypocrites. I think you were talking about earlier on, was it? Who said that? Oh, they, the, oh the, these are the all are welcome people you're talking about. They're a bunch of hypocrites. Yeah, they are. Um, 
Edward says, being second-class citizens in your own country, David Boylan, he's not related, by the way, says, immigration would be last on my list of things that need sorting. We have a third-world health service. We have arguably the worst housing crisis in history uh, of the state and have a cost-of-living crisis which is going to start causing mental health issues for thousands. Fix them, long-standing issues, then we can start talking about immigration. Well, see, David, you're not thinking straight, really, are you, to be honest with you? Because if you fix the immigration problem, you're halfway to fixing the other problems. Because the immigration problem, or allowing too many people to come into the country at one time, is creating uh, the problem with the health services, creating the problem with housing, and it's creating all the other problems as well, because we don't have enough services to supply to the 130,000 people we've let in over the last 18 months. There you go. Just my penny's worth. Bridget to Bukhara. To Burka says the list is endless. Margaret Farrell says immigration, healthcare, cost of living in that order. The beautiful country of ours is ruined due to the liberal justice system. The disregard for our own citizens' needs in housing, healthcare, and welfare in general. Citizenship being granted to too many people without due diligence in many cases. I would go on to say it's a sad, sad state, considering the efforts and sacrifices our ancestors made to gain independence and retain a high moral compass. Thank you to everybody who got involved in today's show. It's been an eye-opener. I could have gone on till four o'clock if I wanted to with so many calls in. Now, the elections are not for a little while yet, but you're going to see politicians over the next six months being really nice to you. They'll be calling to your door. They'll be promising you the world. Don't believe them. Nine times out of ten, they're going to lie to you because that's what they do. Politicians, in their nature, are liars. They will lie to you. It's hard to weed out the good ones and the bad ones. There are a few good ones out there who will keep their promises. My concerns all the time is once they get in and once they become popular, they'll move to one of the more typical parties like Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil, Sinn Féin and toe the line because that's what happens sometimes. They won't stick to their principles and they won't stick to their guns because they want to become a minister and they want to make 180 grand a year. Not sure who could blame them. But all I will say to you is, if we continue down the road we are going currently at the moment in this country, we are absolutely snookered. I was going to say it. If we continue down this road. Remember, the next election is a government, as people have reminded us today, who will be in till 2030. 2030. Think about it. It's a long way away. They could do so much more damage in that time. Don't trust the current government. There's the warning again. Don't trust the current government. They have been told for the last at least six months that we have a problem with immigration, that we have nowhere, to, we can't provide homes for people. They didn't believe anybody. You were called right wing if you even suggested it. But now they're agreeing with you. Oh, we're at capacity. So they told us two weeks ago, Leo Varadkar said, there's a capacity in this country and we've reached that capacity. But what have they done about it? Nothing. They're still letting people come in. Are they checking people? No, they're not. Do they know how many people out of those who have deportation orders have gone home? The Justice Minister has no clue. They don't care. Because if they did, they would be on top of all of these things. So don't trust them. They're self-obsessed. They're narcissistic. They'll only ever think of themselves. And they'll think of their own careers and futures. Do you really think when Leo or Michal or Mary Lou runs down the stairs, or Eamon Ryan, he probably doesn't run, he probably cycles, runs down the stairs in the morning, that they look in their wallet wondering if they have 20 euro for diesel that day? No, they don't. 
do they think about you having to do that? No, they don't. Because if they did, we wouldn't be paying what we are for diesel. Don't believe the government when it comes to the cost of living crisis. They could do something about it if they really wanted to. Remember, it's not just the energy companies that are making billions off the increased charges for oil, heating oil, for gas, electricity, and for petrol and diesel at the pumps. It's the government who are making money on it as well. Remember, they charge tax. Almost 50% of that money that you pay is tax. They could very easily have capped the price at a reasonable rate by reducing the tax. They reduced the excise duty just a little bit, but not very much. They'd put it back on again. They didn't do anything about it because they don't care. Your life is not that important to them, really. What's important to them is their own political careers. And that's very obvious. So when you vote this time round, be careful how you vote. If there's independents in your area that you trust more, vote for them. If it's a new political party, like Independent Ireland and Michael Collins and Richard Donoghue, vote for them. If it's aimed to, Pat Tobin, Eric Nelligan and people like that, vote for them. But think about who you're voting for. Thank you to everybody who got involved in the show today. Can I just say, by the way, I really appreciate all the support that we're getting. Over the last two weeks in particular, not that we weren't doing well in the first place, we were actually flying, but over the last two weeks in particular, our download numbers have actually doubled. I've no idea why, apart from the fact that I think it's a good show. But our download numbers have doubled over the last two weeks. It's just bizarre how much it has actually increased over the last two weeks. And that's thanks to you telling your friends about it. I did already say, if you can't afford to subscribe to the show, I understand. And I asked you for a favor. And the favor I'm asking you for right now again is tell a friend about the show. Share a link on Facebook. Share a link on Twitter. Share a link to the show somewhere or just tell a friend did you hear about the Nyboland show it's on Twitter every day it's on Facebook every day here you can download it at his website Nyboland.com every single day new show goes up apart from yesterday because the power went I do apologise for that by the way it wasn't their fault it was out of our control it was the gods although some arsehole today on Twitter did say oh now you'll realise about climate change because your show wasn't on yesterday because it was a power cut uh, there's been power cuts on a regular basis since the day I was born it's nothing to do with climate change it was bad weather there was a power cut anyway Please share the show with your friends. And don't forget, by the way, if you can support us, it's really important. The reason we do these shows is to give you a voice. We want to let you have your opinion on the air. That's why you're doing all the talking. It's uncensored, within reason. And you're the one who has freedom to speak on this show. So please allow us to continue to do that. To do that costs us money. There's only three of us here. We don't make a wage out of it. So please allow us to continue to do that. To do that, go to our website and subscribe. $5.99 a month. It's like buying me a pint of beer if I drank or a cup of coffee. Once every month. Starbucks coffee. Once every month. That's all we're asking you for. It's not much. I know it sounds like I'm begging but we really need it because we have to pay the bills. We don't get paid. If it wasn't for the fact that I have a job in radio, I couldn't do this. I couldn't afford to do it. So we have our own jobs as well to go to. And we have to do this too. But we love doing it. And we love giving you that platform. But we really, really, really need your support. So please go to the website, nileboylan.com. Click the subscribe button. And it's five ninety nine a month. Don't forget, for that, by the way, you can watch all of the videos. They're all there on the website. 
The audio is free anyway. You can go to the website and listen to all the audio if you can. That's free of charge. Or you can download them for all the usual platforms like Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of thing, right? But the videos are only available on the website and only by subscription. So please support the show for five ninety nine a month. I know it's a lot to ask, but we give a lot for it. Thank you very much indeed to everybody. And I shall talk to you again tomorrow at 12. We've got an interview coming very soon, by the way, that's going to blow your mind. That's all I can say about it for now. Talk to you again tomorrow at 12. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan podcast. Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Niall Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.